Hello, good evening. Welcome to a Monday episode of Brett's Old Time Radio Show, and welcome to my home here in beautiful Lime Bay. How's your Monday been? All right. Anything? Anything exciting happened? If it has, well, you drop me a line. Let me know exactly because I'm very nosy, as I'm sure you're aware. So I like to know what's going on. Lola's running round absolutely crazy today. She's not had as many walks today as she would usually prefer because we had a, a bit of an issue with getting William to school this morning. So we didn't just didn't have enough time before I needed to get started on a bit of work. She's not had a normal walk. And because of that, she is going absolutely bonkers. But we will not let that affect our evening's entertainment. Because, of course, with it being a Monday, it is one of the best days of the week. It is, of course, an episode of Hancock's Half Hour. First of all, thank you for joining me once again for our regular Late night visit to those dusty studio archives of old time radio shows right here at my home on the south coast of the United Kingdom. I'm Brett, I'm your host for our nighttime podcast. Welcome to another episode. I've got Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. They're all called Brett's Old Time Radio Show. We do try to put bits and pieces on there as well and just little updates and little video clips. Only sort of fun little bits with myself and George generally and maybe uh, William and Vicky. But just a few little bits and pieces. So if you'd like a brief insight into our lives then do check out our social media we've also got a supporter page at patreon.com forward slash brett's old time radio show and if i could ask a little favor if you could share our show on social media on your social media i'd really appreciate that time now for some comedy on a monday with hancock's half hour this one is another little belter and i know you're going to absolutely love it it's called Hancock's War, and it was episode 17 of series 5. We present Tony Hancock, Sidney James, Bill Kerr, Hattie Jakes, and Kenneth Williams in... Hancock's half hour. Another crumpet, Vicar. Oh, no, no. Uh, thank you, Mr. Hancock. I, I'm having quite a struggle with what I've got on my plate already. Anyone else? William, a crumpet may happen. Yes. Yes, what? Yes, I want a crumpet. <laughs> yes, please. Not with your hands. Hand your plate up. We'll drop it in the winkles if you're not careful. <laughs> Sydney, my dear friend, I've been neglecting you. Another crumpet. No, thanks, mate. The butter keeps disappearing down the holes. <laughs> Marlita, you think there's none on it? Take a bite and whoosh all over your tie. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll have some winkles. Let me your tie pin. There is a winkle pin on the table. Show a bit of etiquette in front of his reverence. I don't want him to think this is an ignorant household. A piece of French cream sandwich, Vicar. Well, don't offer him the cardboard box. <laughs> Take it out and put it on the cake stand. What do you think it's there for? Wipe the salmon bones off it. it use it for its proper purpose. I must apologise to my acquaintances, Vicar, only we're not used to having company. They don't know how to conduct themselves at a meal table like what gents as how you and I are do. <laughs> oh, I think nothing of it, Mr Hancock. After all, manners maketh not the man. <laughs> we are judged by actions, not by our demeanour. Yes, yes, quite. <laughs> Don't misunderstand me. I mean, I'm no snob. It's just that I think that if people expect to sit down at high-class tables, they can at least take the trouble to learn how to conduct themselves in a proper and mannerly fashion. <laughs> if you're not having any more tea, can I pour my grouts in your cup? 
Yes, 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 of course, of course. May I tempt you with some more fish paste? Well, an angel. It's sardine and anchovy. Yes. <laughs> None of the old rubbish like we had at your fate the other... Oh, I... <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't your fault. I mean, you didn't do the catering. It, um, it was... Yes. Uh, I'll, uh, yes. Yeah. Hmm. I'll go and put the kettle on for the washing up, shall I? Uh, you're sure you won't have anything else, Sticker? No, 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 thank you. Enough is sufficient for the day thereof. True, 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 true. Very true, very true. Yes, yes. I, uh, I trust you've dined well? Oh, yes, most satisfying. I'm glad. Well, now, while Miss Pugh is collecting up the paper doilies for next time... What say we men all adjourn to the parlour for a quick drag? I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm sorry. I lapsed into the vernacular, an unfortunate habit one picks up mixing with the proletariat. What I meant was, would you care to partake of a snout? A snout? <laughs> yes, an oily rag, a fag. Oh, oh, a cigarette. Cigarette? What's that? <laughs> oh, yes, of course, yes, that's it, yes. Do you prefer them with or without spats? Or I, uh, I should say, leggings in your case. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, very good. No, I, I won't have a cigarette. I prefer my pipe, if I may. Well, now then. Well, well, now. What, uh, what should we talk about? Have I shown you my family snapshots? Oh, blimey, not again. What's the matter with you? I've had a city looking through that lot 50 times. I know them off by heart. Well, the vicar hasn't seen them. Show a bit of manners. You'd like to see them, wouldn't you, Vicar? Well, I, uh, I, uh, I think I really should pop along to see Mrs. Crevette. A poor woman's in bed, you know. I should call in and... Oh, you a... don't want to worry about her. No, no, no. Relax. Sit down and have a rest. You'll enjoy my snapshots. I'm going out. Me too. Oh, no, please, gentlemen. Don't let me drive you don't out. Don't let them go. Oh. We're better off looking at them on our own. They only make fatuous remarks like rotten at and big feet. <laughs> Depending on what angle the picture was taken. Oh, quite, quite. I've got about 500 snaps here. Oh, dear. Yes, and there's a story behind every one of them. There always is. I'll tell you about each one as we come to them. I'm sure it'll be most interesting. Well, it'll make a change for you. You must have to visit some very boring people in your job. Oh, yes. Well, I must try to be patient. Yes. Yes, it must be trying for you when they keep you hanging about for hours, chatting about nothing and boring you with loads of uninteresting rubbish about themselves. <laughs> I don't know how you put up with it. I'd be rude to them if it was me. Unfortunately, some people wouldn't realise that if you were being rude to them. <laughs> yes, I know, there's some very thick-skinned people about. <laughs> no, no, here, look, 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 look. That's the first snap of me ever taken. Six months old on a bearskin. What about that, then? Oh, yes, it's very sweet and very sturdy legs. I know, I know. What about those legs, eh? What about those legs? <laughs> have you ever seen legs like that in a baby? Well, I can't. No, no of course you haven't. <laughs> I could kick the slats out of me playpen at eight months. <laughs> and laughing, I was always laughing. Always laughing. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> laughing all day long. Oh, well. <coughs> Very happy baby I was, yes. Uh. Yes, the baker called me sunshine. <laughs> I was all laughing, you know, all day. He'd knock on the door and he'd say, Hello, Mrs. Hancock, how's sunshine? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, this one here. This, this is on my first birthday. Now, your coffee, Vicar. Oh, thank you, Miss Pure. Oh, no, you're not showing those terrible photographs again, are you? Yes, I am. 
The vicar is very interested, aren't you, vicar? Well, yes, I, of course, they're most entertaining. Uh, Miss Pugh, how is your social work coming along? Yes, well, you don't want to hear about that. This is, now, <laughs> look, 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 this is me on my first birthday, you yes, see. I I'm... heard you were doing a very good job with the Meals on Wheels, VWS, WV, I mean, WBS. <laughs> well, it's a job worth doing, and there's quite a lot of food left over at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Notice the little sailor suit I'm wearing here. Yes, charming, yes. The mother's meetings are a great success, I believe. You didn't see it properly. I did, I assure you, yes. Oh, do tell me about the mother's meetings, Miss Pugh. Never mind about the mother's meetings. Have a look at this face here. You can see even at that age it had started to mature. You can see the character forming in it already. It's rather Churchillian, don't you think? Yes, yes, most bulldog-like. <laughs> About his mother's meetings, Miss Pugh, I feel personally that we should endeavour... Miss Pugh, can't you see you're distracting the vicar? Go and finish the washing up. Oh, no, Miss Pugh, don't go. Miss Pugh! She's gone. I'm sorry about that, vicar, but she never realises when she's not wanted. Now, I'll put the sideboard up against the door so we won't be disturbed. Oh, no, don't. No, no, it's all right. It's not. Oh, dear. Ah, there, that's better. (laughs) We're on our own now. Shan't be disturbed again. Oh, dear me, no. Well... Uh, this is me again. Naturalist. Yes. <laughs> here we are. Look, look, look. Me on the beach at West Wittering. Now, I want you to have a little guess. We'll have a little game here now. Tell me. Go on. Have a, have a go. How old am I there? I have no idea. Well, have a guess. Have a guess. How old would you say I was there? Uh, five. Sixteen. What's the matter? With <laughs> well, you... The little velvet suit with the straw hat on. Yes, that was my mother's idea. She wanted to keep me her little boy, you see. Hated to see me grow up. Always her little boy I've been. She was frightened of losing me. Wouldn't let any girls play with me. I still have to put the velvet suit on when she comes round, you know. Well, it keeps her happy, you know. Yes, well, it's getting late, isn't it? If you'll excuse me, I'd better... Here's one, here's one. Look, this'll interest you. Look. Me as a choir boy. Oh, yes, such a sweet, angelic little boy. How long were you in the choir? Let's see. Now, I joined in uh, 1931, so I must have been in for one, two... two days. <laughs> they kicked me out. I was caught behind the vestry organising a strike meeting. <laughs> well, we were after an extra threat and a wedding, you see. They refused to put it up to arbitration, so we downed books and came out. <laughs> they put a ring round my name after that. I couldn't get a job anywhere. Victimisation. This is my mother's wedding group. That's of no interest. I'm not in that one. <laughs> oh, look, here's me at nine at Great Yarmouth being buried in the sand by my father. <laughs> Fortunately, somebody dug me out before the tide came in. <laughs> now, this is me in 1939 at Eton. Uh. And the next one I had taken was in 1945 sitting on my bike. Captain of the East Cheam Cycling Club. <laughs> Just before we left on our tour of the Grampians. <laughs> Marvellous trip. I lost two stone, the rest of the club, two pairs of boots and me bike. <laughs> oh, and this one here was taken in 1947 Just when I was moment, Just a moment, Mr. Just a moment. I noticed there aren't any photos of you between 1939 and 1945. Uh, yes. Yes, well, uh, they... They were the war years, of course. Oh, here's an interesting one. Look, look, look. Me, me playing polo at Cowdery Park. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I'm not actually playing, but one of the goalposts broke and they asked me to stand there for a few minutes. 
can see the lump coming out of my head where they nearly scored. <laughs> and here's another one taken at Why Worthing. Why didn't you have any taken in uniform? Yes. Well, I didn't have, actually have any pictures taken during the war at all. Why? Here's a good one. Look. <laughs> Me with a girl in Richmond Park, she was... Mad. Why didn't you have any pictures taken during the war? Well, I... You see, it was... Well, it... Security. <laughs> yes, that was it, security. Security. Yes, I'm afraid I'm not allowed to divulge anything else. I'm sworn to secrecy. Oh, I see. Yes. Why? <laughs> because of the nature of my work during the war. Ah, the Secret Service. You've got it. I didn't realise you were in MI5. Shh, shh, shh. Even now, one has to be careful. Now I begin to see. That was why you couldn't be photographed during the war, girl. Precisely. See, all means of identification were forbidden. On operations like we were engaged on, the most innocent-looking snapshot, if it fell into the wrong hands, could have spelt disaster. Of course. So had to remain unknown. Exactly. <laughs> Not for us, the glory. Not for us, the medals, the glamour of the uniform. <laughs> we could expect no other reward from our country than the thanks of a few men in Whitehall and the... Satisfaction of a job well done. You are a brave man. It's nothing, it's nothing. <laughs> Here's one of me in a bathing costume look. Take Couldn't you seat. tell me anything about your exploits in MI5 during the war? Uh, no, I don't think it would be very prudent, do you? I, I really would be most interested. Would you? Yes. I really would. Uh, surely it can't do any harm now the war. I mean, it's been over for so long. Very well. I shall tell you on one condition. Yeah? That what is about to be disclosed shall go no further <laughs> than these four walls. You have my word. Where shall I begin? 1938. Chamberlain had returned from Munich with the message, Peace in our time. London was gay and carefree. Yes, the people were intent on enjoying themselves. The danger of war they thought had been averted. Yes, London was dancing. But a few men in London were not dancing. They were preparing, preparing for the struggle they knew was inevitable. You will probably guess by now why we've sent for you, Hancock. The balloon will shortly be going up. It had to come. We've been checking on you for the past six months. Brilliant scholar, first-class model fiber, good background, fine family, unlimited courage. Well, hi. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Rescuing that lame dog from the ISIS and walking away without giving your name did not pass unnoticed. Oh, nonsense. Any Englishman would have done the same. Yeah, you're cool-headed, clear-thinking, brilliant mind. In fact, you're the only man in England who can do the job we have in mind. Which is? Heading our team of agents to be dropped in Germany. You mean MI5? Yes. I was hoping to take the commission in the guard, sir. It's a family tradition. There's been a Hancock outside the palace ever since Balaclava, sir. <laughs> I mean, I'm asking you to give up a good deal, but the plain and simple fact is your country needs you. When do I go? Good man. I told the PM you wouldn't let us down. I'll come over to this wall. Do you see this? I say it's a map, isn't it, sir? Yeah. <laughs> do you mean to say you've studied geography as well? I have, sir. Capital. And knowledge of where you are could prove invaluable. Now, here's where we intend to send you. Good grief, Berlin. Yes, Berlin. You're a brilliant linguist, I believe. I am? Ah, sprechen Sie Deutsch. Oui, 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 oui. You're excellent. <laughs> bon, bon, bon. 
Will I? Will I be alone, sir? No, there'll be three of you. You'll be in command. Your job will be to establish and coordinate our German espionage groups and to sabotage the German war effort. Oh, you mean like turning signposts around the wrong way and letting air out of the tyres on their army trucks? <laughs> I can see Schickelgruber's in for a nasty time when you get over that. Now, meet the men under my command, sir. You may. They're waiting outside. They are not men from your station in life. But in wartime, well, one must mix with all types. I don't mind, sir, as long as they're good eggs. I know these people. I used to speak to some of the servants at home sometimes. <laughs> yes, and it is to preserve that democratic way of life that we will be fighting. Sergeant. Sir. Ask the two men waiting outside to come in. Very you? good, sir. In mm. here, you two. Now, go and smarten yourselves mm. up there. Go on. Now, good afternoon, gentlemen. <laughs> Now, these are the two men who'll be working with you, Hancock. Private James of the Pioneer Corps and Private Kerr of the Royal Australian Mounted Kangaroos. <laughs> Hello, chaps. Stand at ease. I'm Hancock. We'll be going through a lot together, so don't let's stand on ceremony. Just call me Hankers. <laughs> oh, well, I'm Billers. <laughs> and I'm Sidders. <laughs> Absolutely splendors. <laughs> now, I suppose the colonel's told you what you volunteered for. Yes, sir. We volunteered for the barrage balloon site in Hyde Park. <laughs> that naughty colonel, he's played a little joke on you. As he said? Yes, you volunteered to be dropped in the heart of Germany. Well, we're going to play a little joke on him. What? <laughs> we're not going! <laughs> oh, come now, chaps. This is for England and the Empire. What did Shakespeare say about it? Nothing so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility, but when the blast of war blows in our ears and imitate the action of the tiger. Yeah, it was all right for him sitting in a little cottage up in Stratford. He didn't have to go. <laughs> I don't want to be a spy. What happens if we're caught? We'll be put up against a wall and shot. Well, that'll be three less bullets they'll have to fire at our boys. <laughs> these crackers. No, not crackers, James, just patriotic. We've got to show these foreign chappies that they can't pull the lion's tail anymore. Right. Anyone for training? <laughs> And so, Vicar, I was no longer Anthony Hancock, but Agent 416 MI5. Incredible. Yes. While I was still in England, I had to put up with the sneers and taunts of my friends who were in uniform. A few white feathers were even sent to me club. How were they to know that my civilian clothes were not of my own choice? Ah, uh, people can be very cruel. I'm amazed to hear that Mr. James and Mr. Carr were with you on your missions. Ah, yes, good chaps, both of them. Good yeoman stock. A little raw and inexperienced, but under my command and leadership they got by. And so, after months of exhaustive training, by early 1940, we were ready to strike back at the Hun. Picture now a tiny airfield on the east coast, 11 o'clock at night. A twin-engine Blenheim warming up on the tarmac, ready to take us into the night to... who knows what. And in a wooden shack on the edge of the airfield, the last-minute instructions. <coughs> well, chaps, this is it. Action at last. You'll be dropped just outside Berlin at Air 400. That's a bit low, isn't it? The parachutes won't open. Air 400 hours. Hancock, you know exactly what your mission is. A big pardon, sir? You know exactly what your mission is. Yes, sir. I'm to assassinate Hitler, disguise myself as him, and surrender Germany to the Allies. <laughs> That's it. Now then, have you got everything? I think so. Gun, force moustache, and German phrasebook. Yes. <laughs> That's all I shall need. Now, here is one L pill each. What's L pills? And therefore, if you're caught, take one of these and you'll be dead in ten seconds. <laughs> you listen to me, mate. If I'm caught, I'll die of fright. I won't eat one of those. 
I don't think I'll have one either, sir. It doesn't seem to be a very British way of going. Besides, it'd be rather amusing to watch them try and break me down. By heavens, you're a brave man. Not brave, sir, just patriotic. Can I have their pills, sir? No. Well, I've just taken mine and nothing's happened. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, I see. Yes, you're immune. But you better take the box. There's a hundred there. And if you're caught, take three after each meal and a glass of water. <laughs> well, men, three minutes to zero hour. Here are the parachutes, sir. You sure they're safe, Corporal? Cos they are. I packed them myself. That blouse you're wearing, that's parachute silk. Oh, well, if you're going to be particular, I only took a little bit out of each one. <laughs> Won't make any difference. You'll just come down a bit faster, that's all. I demand a complete parachute. We haven't got any more, and I'm not pulling my blouse to bits for the likes of you. There's only one panel missing. Go on, take a chance. For my own safety, I don't mind. It's the success of the mission that's all I'm concerned with. If I sprained my Morse code finger, it would mean disaster for Britain. Oh, 100, gentlemen. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Come, chaps, to Berlin. Are we over Germany yet, sir? Yes, James, we crossed the coastline 15 minutes ago. The anti-aircraft fire's getting closer, sir. They're getting our range. Ah, it's going to be up here than down there. All that noise, eh? Oh, would that I had his moral courage. Oh, very moving. Very moving. <laughs> I'm going to hang out the washing on the sea. <laughs> Wish those Germans would keep their searchlights, Teddy. How can I finish reading the Times if they keep jogging up the <laughs> Right, chaps, here we go. You know the drill as soon as we land? Yeah. I start a fire. I get some water. And I make the tea. <laughs> and remember, chaps, these Germans don't play cricket, so we can't expect any fair play from them. It's going to be a sticky wicket. All we can do is go in there and play with a dead bat, dig it and stay in as long as we can. Any questions? Yes. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> are you ready, back there? Yes, jumping now. I'm leaving the times here. Don't do the crossword puzzle. There's a good chap. Right, jump one. Jump two. Jump three. Oh, that's me. Well, chili bye. And so there you were in the heart of Germany. Yes. Wasn't a very good start, I'm afraid. Why not? We landed right in the middle of a prisoner of war camp. <laughs> anyway, of course, we explained to the commandant that we weren't prisoners and demanded he let us go. I mean, he was a decent enough fellow, he saw me point. Well, he was a Rhodes Scholar. I mean, he was educated at Oxford. He knew London very well. He had a lot of friends in England. He asked me how Middlesex were doing in the county championship. <laughs> and what I thought of the chances at Wimbledon that year. Well, the man was practically English himself. Yeah, so what did he do? He clattered me across there with a rifle, but and threw me in a cell. <laughs> of course, he could have condemned you to be shot as spies. That is exactly what he did do. We were to be executed three days later. It's no good. We must get in touch with London. James, have you finished making that radio set? Yes. 
I use a corned beef tin, two pieces of wire, a razor blade, a German hearing aid valve, and a torch battery. Ingenious. Does it work? No. <laughs> How can you possibly make a radio set out of that rubbish? <laughs> then we'll just have to escape, that's all. Now, who's had experience at digging tunnels? I have, sir. The Regent Street Bank jump, the Lombard Street Post Office, and Dartmoor to Plymouth. 36, 37, and 39. Good man. Kerr, did you keep the knife and fork from dinner time? Yes, sir. Here they are. Right, give them to James. Start digging the tunnel under your bed. <laughs> a knife and fork's no good to me, sir. I don't know how to use them. I always use a spoon and a crust of bread to shove it on with. <laughs> Pity. We'll have to think of something else, then. I know. Albert R.N. Pardon? <laughs> Look, we make a dummy. Then the next time we go out on recreation, we take a bit each under our shirt. Then while we're outside, one of us gets away and the other two put the dummy together and come back inside the camp. So when the Germans count us, there's three of us still. <laughs> you buffoon. <laughs> you ace buffoon. <laughs> if there's two of us left and one dummy, that means for the next one to escape, we've got to make another dummy. And when the third one gets away, we're going to have three dummies helping each other in and out of the camp. <laughs> well, why don't we just stop here and wait for the war to finish? We're getting shot on Wednesday. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Look, I've got it. We'll jump on three guards, pinch their uniforms, and just stroll out of the camp, casual like. What a good idea. You great oaf. Steal some German uniforms. We're in a British prisoner of war camp now. I say you there, we're British, we're British. Yes, that's what they all say. Shot at dawn. Here, here, here I know, I know. Let's jump on three guards, pinch their uniforms, and just stroll out of the camp, casual-like. What another good idea. So much for that. We're back where we started. <laughs> they didn't even notice we've gone. Leader of the Third Reich, you have been sentenced to be shot. The sentence will now be carried out. Have you anything to say? I have. Yeah? When you give the order to fire, please don't shout. I've got a bit of a headache. <laughs> you foolish craving Lander. You have that supreme courage that all we foreign dogs admire in you English people. Fall in. Quick march. Chin up, lads. All together now. This is it, chaps. Stiff upper lips. I regret that I have but one life to give for my country. Fire! But I don't understand, Mr. Hancock. How on earth did you manage to escape death? Ah, well, you see. <laughs> 
One thing the Germans overlooked was the fact that we were all heavy smokers. We each had six cigarette cases concealed on our persons and each one stopped a bullet. When the Germans came to see if we were dead, I jumped up, overpowered them, shot the rest of the firing squad, released the other prisoners, and with me at the head, we marched on Berlin. Got there just before the Russians, captured the city, had tea at the Kremlin with Stalin. <laughs> came back home, and to this day, nobody ever knew. Nobody ever knew. Isn't it marvellous? And that is why I have no photographs of myself between 1939 and 1945. Mr Hancock, that is without doubt the most incredible war story I've ever heard. Allow me to say, what an honour and a privilege it is to be sitting in the same room with one of the most fabulous heroes of modern times. Somebody had to do it. Hello, Hancock. Vic. You finished flashing those photographs about you? I bet you've been bored stiff, Vic. On the contrary, Mr. James, I have been most thrilled and uplifted by the story I've been told this evening. What story? <laughs> don't, don't say anything, Vicar. The boys are very shy about their part in it. They, they'd never forgive me if they knew I'd told well, you. Of course, I won't say a word. No, no, no. What about some tea, then? Mr. Hancock, there are two gentlemen outside to see you. Two gentlemen? What are they like? Oh, they're in army uniform. They've got red caps on. <laughs> oh, no, not again. T tell them I'm not here. Open the window, Sid. I, I suppose I'd better be moving on again. I'll, I'll let you know where I am when I, I get settled down somewhere. Goodbye, all. Goodbye, Vicar. <laughs> Good heavens. What extraordinary behaviour for such a courageous war hero. Such a what? Well, he was telling me why he didn't have any photographs taken during the war years while he was in the Secret Service. Did he tell you that? Well, it's true, isn't it? He hasn't got any photographs taken during the war, has he? No. That is because no one could find him. <laughs> he joined the Pioneer Corps in 1939, deserted after three days, and hid in a cave on the Yorkshire Moors for six years. Yeah, they find out where he is every now and then. He has to hide for a few weeks. He'll be back in a month or so. See, I forgot me false beard and dark glasses. Oh, hello, Vicar. <laughs> Just off on another mission. Oh, yes, I'll tell you about it when I get back. Help yourself to the chocolate biscuits. Yes, <laughs> I will. Yes. What a peculiar man. That was Hancock's Half Hour, starring Tony Hancock with Sidney James, Bill Kerr, Hattie Jakes and Kenneth Williams. Theme music composed and conducted by Wally Stott, the show written by Alan Simpson and Ray Galton, the programme which was recorded was produced by Tom Ronald. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our latest episode of Hancock's Half Hour. And don't forget mystery and adventure tomorrow with Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson going live at 5 p.m. GMT. As I mentioned earlier, we've got a supporter page, patreon.com forward slash Brett's All Time Radio Show. And don't forget, please share our little show across your social media. Thanks for listening. I'll be with you seven days a week, each and every weekend. I'll see you tomorrow on Brett's All Time Radio Show. Love you. Bye. Bye.